What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. Uh, and today it's a little bit of a different betting show as I am going to look ahead to the year in mixed martial arts. And I want to give you my top five bets for the year in mixed martial arts. Now, I'm not going, I'm not going really crazy. I mean, we, we, we did last year, we went a bit crazy. And I'm going to f- go for fights that I think will happen. A couple of them have already been made, but other ones that I think uh, are going to happen are going to come about, and um, and we go about it that way and look ahead to the year. I'm going to go through some of the other bets as well with my good friends over um, uh, over on Best Fight Odds. They have a lot of different odds for a lot of different fights up up this year, and uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to have a look at that and uh, and see maybe where you can get value uh, around this time of year. You know, there aren't many events going on, kind of I suppose at the moment. But there are a lot of events, obviously, coming up. It's going to be another jam-packed year uh, in the world of mixed martial arts. Before I get into the bets as well, please bet responsibly, as you, as you always do. But just to mention again, I suppose, the whole betting controversy and the James Krause thing and everything like that, I I think that's, if you're talking about betting for the year in 2023, that is a massive story. And not just that, but how do you see Bellator, PFL, the commissions, the law deals with all of that? It's very, very interesting. I, I know I've mentioned that a few times on it. We still don't have a lot of knowledge, I suppose, of the whole situation of what happened. But if you're talking, if you're talking on a betting show and you're talking about betting going forward, especially into next year, that's obviously going to be a massive story next year. And you would hope for the UFC that it is going to be the massive story and the only massive story out of that because they don't, they really don't need any more. I think it's uh, there's been a lot of talk over the last few weeks about you know people thinking a little bit differently about the sport and you know a, a low opinion of the sport and low opinion of maybe people uh, involved in the sport betting. On and everything like that and it, that really really needs to change so it's a very very interesting time for that and it's very interesting to see um how that kind of plays out who comes out looking bad from it maybe who uh you know who gets uh, you know off with it i suppose or who you know who can prove themselves innocent and what it's there's a lot of big things there's a lot of ac- accusations thrown out there at the moment there's a lot of rumor and innuendo and all of that and until we actually find out the truth i suppose it's it, it's it's going to be something that hangs over everyone's head and hangs over the sports head as well so it's a massive massive part of, uh, of mixed martial arts not just betting but mixed martial arts to sport uh, in general so Let's get into the bets and let's talk about my my five bets for the year in the world of mixed martial arts. Right. My first bet, I'm going for a big one. I, I was doing my, my reviews of the year and, and I know the guys over in on the, uh, uh, the UFC preview show as well were talking about it. And we're looking kind of back at, at the year briefly and talking about Francis Ngannou. And the fact that he hasn't fought since the first pay-per-view of last year. Is he going to come back to the UFC? Is he going to go boxing? Is he going to defend his title? And who's he going to fight? Now, the bet I've gone for is assuming, and maybe it's a, we know what happens when you assume, but maybe it's a big assumption, but it's assuming that he fights John Jones. And I'm going for Francis Ngannou to beat John Jones, and that's minus 155. Now, it's very interesting. Let me take off my headphones here as I as I don't need them. Um, I think if you look at Francis Ngannou versus John Jones, it's one of the fights you could say and point to it right now and say this could be one of the biggest fights in UFC history, right? In terms of prestige, in terms of 
quality of the the two guys and maybe not even quality but in terms of their reputation in terms of how good they are as fighters how devastating they are as fighters Francis Singano, one of the hardest punchers, maybe the hardest puncher in the history of the sport. Lots of people call John Jones the greatest ever. My greatest ever is, is there right up behind me, Dimitri Shadson. But lot, uh, John Jones is top five without a shadow of a doubt, probably top three without a shadow of a doubt. He's right, right up there. And to have two titans like that going against each other is exactly something that MMA needs. You know, we need that big, massive fight. And that's a fight I think everyone would want to see. Now, John Jones has been out for a long time. John Jones has been out for a long time before he was out for a long time. With the suspensions, with all the madness, with the contract disputes and all of that. It's been a very, very tough time for John Jones, right? And what John Jones was, and I know a lot of people here as well, and no disrespect to any of these people, I'm just telling this as a fact. A lot of the Conor McGregor era fans that came in, a lot of the pandemic era fans that came in, don't really know John Jones. I, I remember putting out a tweet last year, uh, and saying, um, oh my God, I can't wait for John Jones to come back if he's to have a fight again. It's always really fun to watch John Jones. Now, having said that with all the drugs and all the controversy and all, absolutely, if you don't want to see him fight because of that, no problem. But a lot of people are saying, ah, John Jones was not that good anyway. Like, why do you want to see John Jones? And I'm kind of thinking to myself, these lads have never seen John Jones fight, right? And there's nothing wrong with never seeing John Jones fight. But to people who have seen a fight, to people who know John Jones for years know what a kind of an interesting guy he is. Like, you can say a lot of things about John Jones. You can't say he's uninteresting. As a fighter, as a human being and all that, maybe you don't think he's a nice human being or a great human being or anything like that, but God Almighty, he's, he's interesting and illuminating. And when he gets in there as a fighter, it's like he's such a controlled fighter versus such a control, an uncontrollable, maybe, individual outside of the cage. It just makes this weird juxtaposition. But... The, the point I'm making here on that is, and maybe I've gone around about way of saying it is, John Jones was so good and so controlled that he was miles ahead of everyone around there in terms of technique. And when I say around there, I mean around the weight class, whether it's heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight even, um, to some extent, I suppose, middleweight. He, he fought so well, he'd remind you of a lower weight class fighter, right? That's how good John Jones was. And we don't really see excellent top level fighters at the higher weight classes now we, we have had a few since and a few have emerged uh seal Ganya being uh, uh, one of them i would say but the point here is that john jones can it feels like he can no longer be ahead of everyone the way he once was even his last two fights uh santos and reyes it looked like they were catching up on him and it's a while since he's had those fights now is Francis the guy to catch up on him? I'm not sure about that in terms of technique. But in terms of ring rust, Jones haven't been out for a while. Can't be the same fighter he, wa he, 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 he wa once was, or can he? With extra weight on him, we saw it last time he put on extra weight against OSP, didn't have the best performance of his career. It just, there's, to me, there's too many signs that the game could slightly have passed John Jones by. And we saw what Nganu did against a guy like Jones with the high-quality fight ability in Cyril Gagne. He beat him in many different areas, right? He took him down. He used his strength. He used his power. He did all of that. I'm very, very interested in this fight. It's a massive fight. And I think that the difference here with um, John Jones is he will not be able to find his timing quick enough in a fight with Francis Ngano to dominate it. That's my big thinking here. I think 
we'll see in the future maybe if he has been overtaken. But I think he, Francis Ngannou might have overtaken him in terms of game planning to game plan against a guy who maybe isn't as fresh as he once was, or is, or is not fresh, I suppose is not the right word, but as detail-orientated from the get-go as he once was. He just couldn't be. It's illogical to think he would be. And I think Francis at minus 155 to beat a guy like that who's coming up and wait, who hasn't been around for a long time, who didn't look himself the last the last two times he fought, yeah, I'll go for that. I think that's a, I think that's a good bet, and I think Francis will win that fight. Right, bet number two I'm going for here. Uh, I'm going for a fight that's coming up not too long away. Maybe it'll be my bets again next week or the week after, whatever it is. But I'm going for Jamal Hill to beat Glover Teixeira at minus 138 for uh, the light heavyweight title once held by the aforementioned John Jones. Now, the reason I'm going for this uh, is is probably two or threefold. I've always admired Jamal Hill. I think he's a really, really, really good fighter. I've said he's going to be a champion in the future. Maybe, maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy bet here. Uh, but... I just think the quality that that man has is second to maybe none in that division. Now, Prohachka may be up there with him, but he's fighting Glover Teixeira here, who is maybe one of the most underrated fighters in UFC history. I will say that, right? And I respect Glover's, his ability, his punching ability, his wrestling definitely is the most underrated wrestling in UFC history. I'm not saying it's the best wrestling in UFC history, but without a shadow of a doubt for me, the most underrated wrestling in UFC history. He is a great wrestler, and I think that's his way forward here against Jamal Hill. But my thinking on this fight, and the reason I've gave Hill an, at a price of minus 138, is that I just think he is going to be too fast, too young, too hard-hitting for Glover Teixeira. I really, really do. I think this is going to be a fight where, and you know, when we get closer to betting, I might, I might change and give this one as a flyer or something like that, because I think Jamal Hill is going to come out here guns a-blazing. I think he is going to come out here and try to land shots on Glover Teixeira, maybe like no one has ever done before, and try to knock him out early. Because I think he knows he will be faster. I think he knows he'll be... Um, when I say faster as well, faster to the punch, but faster to kind of move away from the punch as well. Just like a more, and like Glover Teixeira is a very athletic guy, especially for his age, but Jamal Hill, I think, is even, like, youth is on his side, you know? But he's even more athletic. He's more athletic than most of the guys in that division. Even if you look at a guy like Prohachka, who's a very, very athletic guy, I think he's more athletic than him as well. I think, and look at Johnny Walker, you know, really athletic guy. And look what Jamal Hill did to him. You know, I I think, like, I, I may, may, and do you know what? Maybe this is coming a bit soon. I don't think it is. But even if it is, I think Jamal Hill will come back and be a champion at some stage anyway. That's how highly I think of him. And I was laughed out the door last year for saying he'd be a champion in 2023. Now, it hasn't happened, and I was wrong, absolutely. But he's in a championship match at the end of 2022. Sorry, in 2022, sorry. Be a champion in 2022. He's in a match. For a championship in 2023 at the end of 2022. Okay, it came around in a weird way, but he's still there and deservedly so. And I think he'll win. I really do. I think he'll win. I, I think Glover, look, a big issue here as well for Glover. And he, he admitted this himself. He was supposed to fight against perhaps a rematch. He didn't want to fight Ankalaev because he'd have to. Uh, edge up and change his game plan to fight an ankle I have and then he didn't uh, he would have fought Blahovich but the UFC didn't want that right so 
where did Glover go there? Like, did did Glover expect to be fighting this quickly? Like, did he go in, eat a lot of sandwiches, and drink a bit of beer and stuff? You know, in in those, in that ten days out, like that. I'm sure that can't help five weeks out from a fight or whatever it is. I'm sure that it, that really really can't help. And another part of it is as well, even though Jamal Hill maybe isn't a million miles away from from Yuri Prohachka, I still do think it is a very different fight from Prohachka, especially considering. You're not preparing for Yuri Prohachka that anyone normally would. You're preparing for Yuri Prohachka after just fighting Yuri Prohachka. So you're preparing with the last fight in your mind. It's a, it's a very different thing to prepare for someone really brand new, as Glover admitted. Can he do that and come up with a winnable game plan to, to beat someone like Jamal Hill? Now, maybe. Maybe. I think the wrestling will be a big part of it for Glover if he does it. But I don't think it'll matter. That's my opinion on this. I don't think it'll matter. I think Jamal Hill is going to come out here. And I think it's going to be an early knockout. I really do. I really, really do. And I'm really looking forward to this fight. I've, As I said, I have great respect for Glover. Great respect for, for both of these guys. But I do think Jamal Hill is a phenom. I think he's a brilliant fighter. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing this fight. So that's uh, the second bet. For 2023 for me. The third bet I'm going for. Um, and this is... Third minus bet in a row, but we have two plus bets coming up. One of them kind of a half a flyer, but I, I, I still like it. I'm going for Israel Adesanya to defeat Alex Pereira at minus 150. Now, you might be thinking, minus 150, he's still uh, he's still a favourite over the guy he just beat, but I think that's right, to be honest. Um, I'm, I've thought a lot about that fight since it happened, and it was a very kind of odd, weird, janky type of fight, you know, where... There was bits of wrestling, terrible kind of jiu-jitsu um, posturing on the ground, and in just a woeful final round from Israel Adesanya, where he stopped fighting off of the back foot, right? Now, Israel Adesanya was winning the early parts of that fight because he fought off the cage, whether it was a jabs, with punches, with footwork. And he lost the late part of it because, as I mentioned, he stopped fighting off the back foot, stopped fighting off the cage, and left himself wide open to eat a big left hook and, and other shots after it. To me, that's a really tough mental fix, right? But a really easy uh, technical fix. It's what he did in that in the first few rounds is something that if he can replicate for five rounds again and five rounds after that. Pereira's not going to beat him, right? That's that's my opinion. Now, of course, Pereira can land a big left hand, but what he did the last time was not landing a big left hand. What he did in that fight was not landing just a big knockout blow. It was Adesanya allowing Alex Pereira to get an advantage in the area, area Pereira, area Pereira, that's hard to say, in the area Pereira wanted it. Uh, Adesanya allowed Pereira to play his game. And he did that by just simply not fighting in that area. And what I mean by that, I'll say it again, literally just throwing a jab out of there. Literally just moving your feet to the left or moving it to the right or throwing a one-two to get out of there. Keeping your hands up after that and stopping that big left hand. Pereira is not like, Pereira is not like a massive counterpuncher unless you're throwing everything. Like Adesanya, if he keeps throwing his normal technical strikes that he's very, very good at, I think he'll win that fight nine times out of ten against Pereira, even if he changes up the game plan and decides to go forward. I think what 
where Pereira is great is when you kind of get mad at your game, then you kind of back up, wait for a second, say, oh, I'm kind of taking a rest maybe or something, and then he hits you with one left hand and you're gonzo. That is a problem against Pereira. If Adesanya doesn't allow that to happen, and if he can stay mentally, like it was a mental, I talked to my guy Harry Powell about it, and he made the great point that it was a mental thing more than anything else. It was a mental lapse that he stopped fighting technically. So, as I said, I said it's a big mental hurdle to come over, but an easy technical hurdle. And I think his coaching is good. I think Eugene Behrman is a great coach. And I think if he can, you know, show him that, show him the first few rounds, show him everything he did well to stop the knockout, and in the things he did badly to allow the knockout, it's a something that if you show someone that over and over and over, it should be easy to implement it. In terms of, it's not easy to go in there and fight like Pereira, but for Israel Adesanya it is because he's such a great fighter. And... He already did it. He did it for, for three and a half, four rounds, or whatever it is, four and a half rounds of that fight. So he can do it again. He, it wasn't like he got tired. It wasn't like Pereira changed something. I, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, Pereira, they, they roared him in between rounds. The next thing, oh, he changed everything up and he was a different fighter. He was not. He was absolutely not. It was Adesanya. And the reason I'm going for Adesanya to win next time is because I think he can shore up that technical deficiency that was only... Pre- um, they are in the fifth round. I think he can shore that up and win. Right, we'll go for the next one, uh, and this is one. It might be a bit of an interesting one. It's plus one seven five for bet Kamaru Usman to defeat Leon Edwards by knockout. Right, TKO KO, and the reason I've gone for this is that I think, again, I think m- mentally it's very, very tough to come back from this. You saw, Like you've seen it down through the years, guys who've had rematches and come back and won them are, are you know, uh, Conor McGregor against Nate Diaz is a very interesting one. But Amanda Nunes against uh, Juliana Pena this year is probably a, an even better uh, um, encapsulation of the point here that you have to put on a very, very detailed... Um, uh, ideological, I suppose, display to win a fight against someone who's just beaten you in the way that all of those aforementioned people were beaten. You know, all of them kind of broken and finished. Not not necessarily Usman broken. He was just finished, but not you know he had his jaw broken basically and finished. And to come back mentally from that, I think it takes something different, and you have to do it. Whether it's you know McGregor fighting a detailed outside leg kicking game whether it's Amanda Nunes fighting a much safer game to just technically win over Juliana Pena or I think for Usman what it's going to be is going to be a real wrestle heavy game now you look at a KOT KO and you're probably thinking oh, he's going to knock him out in the feet I think he's going to knock him out in the ground that's what I think I think he's going to take him down over and over and over again I think he's going to get that dog in him I think he's going to go back. He's going to revert to type, say, what am I great at? I'm a great wrestler. I'm fighting an English guy here who himself is a very, very good wrestler. Don't get me wrong. But I do think if Usman turns that on and turns it up and starts landing vicious ground and pound for five rounds, I do think it's a fight where he can get the finish. If that happens. Now, I might be wrong. Maybe he'll come in there and mentally struggle. Maybe he'll come in there and he'll be flinching at everything, expecting a big left high kick to come and he won't look the same fighter. It might be. But... I think Usman will change things up, and I think it'll be very different, especially if this fight happens as well. Now, okay, this fight could happen. Uh, is it going to happen in London? Who knows? If it doesn't, it could happen down the line further again, and it's still obviously counting. But, uh, yeah, that's the way I think it's going to go. I think um, 
I think Usman is going to come out and fight that way. That that more than the prediction itself. My prediction mostly is the way Usman's going to fight. And if he fights that way and is successful, I think it'll be a hard, hard night for, for Leon Edwards. Right, my fifth bet, and I got through a few of the other bets and a few of the other prices that are out there. This is a slight flyer. It's only plus 270, a slight flyer. But I'm going for uh, Alexander Volkanovsky to defeat Islam Makachev, right? And uh, everyone knows I am a big fan of maybe the smaller, more technical, very, very good guys. Not to say that uh, Islam Makachev is a giant and he's untechnical, <laughs> but he's a good, very good fighter and a very technical fighter as well. But I just believe in Alexander Volkanovsky's ability so much I really really do I believe in his, not only his striking which we'll, we'll talk about but I believe in his ability to anti-wrestle to stop wrestling to stop guys taking him down now he's never met someone like Mikachev no doubt about it <clears throat> I, I wouldn't say that at all it's going to take something extra special here but that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to get something extra special. I think the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in the world is going to show why he is the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in the world. Right? I think he is that good. And his striking is such a great um, weapon to fight against someone like Mikachev because he's a smaller guy, right, who can get lower if you're looking for a takedown and, and and maybe stop it easier than some other guys. No, it's not easy ever to stop a Makachev takedown, but you know what I mean. Plus, he fights like a longer guy. He's big, long arms. He throws lovely jabs, and he, can, he has the advantage of the wrestling defense of a smaller squat guy, but the striking acumen of a longer guy just because of his long arms and the way he fights long. And I think that's a real, real tough thing. We, we all talk about this fight being a tough fight for, for uh, uh, Volkanovski. This is a tough fight for Makachev. A really, really tough fight for Islam Makachev. Can he just easily take Volkanovski down? No, maybe he can. Maybe, maybe he can. And maybe I look like a fool with this bet, you know, two minutes in. But what if he can't? What if he struggles for a couple of takedowns? Like, Makachev can strike as well, absolutely. It's not like it's going to be easy, but Volkanovski is a level above. In my opinion, Volkanovski is the best striker in the sport right now. He is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I don't think this fight is a foregone conclusion, maybe like other people do. I don't think that way. Um, and I think Volkanovski has a massive chance here. And I think plus 270 is too big. Right? I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I might be made look like a fool here. But I just... I can't deny how good of a fighter Volkanovski is. Having watched him so many times over the years, analyzed his game so many times, I can't deny how great of a fighter he is, and I think he has a massive chance here. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. Can't wait for that fight. Right, let's look through some of the other prices, and maybe, maybe I'll just give my picks for some of these, and we'll run through them quickly. Um, let's assume all of these fights happen, right? So we won't go through, will they happen, won't they happen? We'll just assume they all happen, in whatever, guys, whether it's the next fight, whether it's a fight down the line or anything like that, I'll give my picks based on the betting prices here, and there's a good few of them here. So let's run through them. Cyril Gagne versus Francis Ngannou, both minus 110. Now, I've been on record a few times to say, and I think Cyril will beat him the next time they fight. Francis coming off of an injury as well. Cyril looking great. I'll go for Cyril. I'll go for Cyril, minus 110 in that one. Okay. Aljamain Sterling, minus 120. Henry Cejudo, plus 100. This was going to be one of my bets, and I was going to put Cejudo in. But then I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm like, Cejudo as well is coming off of a good bit of time out. Um, Aljamain. 
Aljamain really has something to prove as well. I think Aljamain's striking is maybe a little bit underrated. His wrestling is probably underrated as well, although Henry's wrestling and striking are very, very good as well. Um, I think it's very even. Should I, I should probably go for the even money price in Henry Cejudo, considering that. Uh, but I'm not. I'm going to go for Sterling. I'm going to go for Sterling. Um, Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, minus 155 for McGregor, plus 135 for Chandler. That's an interesting price, Consider you know, McGregor has a broken leg. He's been out for a while. Michael Chandler, okay, he hasn't won his fights and everything like that, but he's been in there with some guys and not looked bad, necessarily. Um, I'll go with McGregor, you know. Where's he? Is he there behind me? He is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a bit of Irish bias here. You know, it's, uh, it's Christmas time. We go for McGregor. Uh, Curtis Blades versus John Jones again a fight that probably won't happen but still John Jones is only minus 170 in that if that fight happens and John Jones is minus 170 that will quickly be minus 370 I think because that betting with mine will go massive so definitely Jared Garden Paddy Pimblett uh, Garden plus 120 Pimblett minus 140 um, I thought Garden won the first fight if they fought again though I think Paddy Pimblett would be more concerned with wrestling in this one and trying probably to get the fight to the ground. Minus 140. I'd probably go for Pimblett in that. I probably would. Bonicle and Shemaev plus 250 for Bonicle, minus 300 for Shemaev. Yeah, I'd definitely go on for Shemaev then. This Bonicle stuff is crazy to me. Like, I, okay, he could be Guan and could good become a world champion and all that, but he's God almighty, he's like three fights into his career. Let's, let's slow the roll on that. Shemaev has beaten Gilbert Burns, for God's sake. Uh, Corey Sandhagen minus 205 plus 175 for Vera Oh, like I think Sandhagen is a better all around fighter but Cheeto the way he's been fighting recently is a tough guy to bet against <sighs> yeah I don't know that's the type of fight I, I go for Sandhagen but if you were to give me Sandhagen straight up and Vera knockout I'll go with that uh, Volkanovski versus Yair minus 500 plus 375 for Yair definitely Volkanovski's going to win that fight not a great price but still Amanda Nunes minus 700 plus to, uh, 450 for Pena do you know what I'd go for Pena for that price because I don't think Amanda Nunes is the same fighter I really don't and I, it, now I haven't said that right I think we'll find out in the next fight if she's the same if I had to make a call on it right now, I've thought about this a few times since, and I said at the time, like, the next fight's going to be a big one. I just, I don't know, I just don't see the same fire, the same fighter as I once did. Uh, Alex Pereira is a lasagna, we talked about that. Federer, Milinko, and Ryan Bader, plus 300 for Federer, minus 400 for Bader. Bader's 100% winning that fight, that's a great price, I think, minus 400. Um, Colby and Shemaev, Colby is the underdog, plus 165, Shemaev, minus 190. Um... I think she might have probably outstrike out him, so I'll go for that. Uh, Moreno and Figueredo, obviously very, very close again. What's the price there? Minus... It's, it's one book here, it's minus 115 for Moreno. Another book, it's plus 105. The Figueredo, minus 105, minus 125. They're about both around even money. Uh, I'm going to go for Figueredo to win that one, especially if he can get his weight issues. Okay. Uh, Volkanovski and Oliveira another fight unlikely to happen but plus 120 for Volkanovski there uh, that's a great price I think he should be I think he should be the favourite so I go for him there um, Usman versus Shemaev minus 135 for Usman plus 115 for Shemaev I go for Shemaev McGregor versus Ferguson minus 255 plus 215 for Tony I go for McGregor in that one again uh, Paria versus Diaz minus 450 for Paria plus 350 for Diaz I go for Paria and that one 
Uh, Abdul Razik and, and Hezbollah Hezbollah minus 170 plus 140 I go for Abdul in that one I think he'd win that one Shemaev and Leon interesting fight that could happen this year minus 275 for Shemaev Leon plus 235 it's a big price on Leon isn't it big price on Leon um, Leon's a well-rounded guy no, I'll go for Shemayev. Uh Masvidal and Diaz. Masvidal minus 325. Diaz plus 275. I'll go for Diaz on that one. Plus 275. I'll take the price, even though he just tried him last time. Masvidal's not going to be the same, I don't think, anymore. Uh, Adesanya and Jones. Interesting. Adesanya is the favourite over John Jones. Bizarre. Minus 115. Plus minus 105 for Jones. I'd definitely go for Jones there. And Paria Nurmagomedov. Uh, plus 385. Minus 500 for Habib. You know, I see coming back. Probably not. But I'll go for Habib in that one. Right, that's it, lads. I'll give you my uh, five bets for for the year again. Francis to defeat John Jones, minus 155. Jamal Hill to defeat Glover Shera, minus 138. Um, Israel Adesanya to defeat Alex Pereira, minus 150. Usman to defeat Edwards by KO, TKO, plus 175. And Volkanovski to beat Makachev at plus 270. All right, everyone. I'll leave it at that. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com, and I'll see you all next time.